Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Nate. This is the Nate Show podcast. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Be sure to follow along on social media at the Nate Show on Facebook and at that's Nate Cox on Instagram. You can also ask Alexa or Siri to play the Nate Show podcast, and she'll start playing it. How about that? So thank you for tuning in. Let's get to it. So this will be a fun and kind of a different, interesting episode with a good friend of mine, Marcy Moore, that I've been working with uh, and known for about a year. Uh, I want to say before we get into the interview, though, uh, the Nate Show Late Night and Live Main Street Theater, February 13th, which is a Thursday. So as you're listening to this, it's already less than a week away. Uh, Tickets will only be five bucks at the door. uh, But what I'm looking to bring, if you haven't seen the video or, or been a part of any of the shows or seen what I've been doing with it yet, is I'm trying to bring a sort of late night talk show flavor in the style of you know the original late night with David Letterman. Uh, grew up watching Letterman and that sort of thing. So bringing that to the Tri Cities area, and so I'm excited about doing that. I've got a great show lined up for that. We've got uh, magician comedian Danny Whitson. Uh, he's traveling all over the place. He's always performing different places. He's in high demand. I'm fortunate enough to have built a bit of a friendship and relationship with him. He'll be coming to Johnson City. Uh, it'll be a great show. Five bucks. Just for him alone, you're going to pay five bucks to see um, Danny. It's already worth it. My uh, friend Cliff Andrews is doing some acting and music and all kinds of multi-talented. He'll be there. Most of you know if you listen to the show or a friend of the show, Mandy Wild. She'll be there showing off some art projects. Got a cool, few cool things and surprises lined up as well. So I'm really excited about doing that. So again, that's Thursday the 13th. Five dollars at the door. Bring your own beer. By the way, you ain't got to worry about you know going to a place they don't have the beer you like. Just bring your own, and you're good to go. So it's gonna be a good time. So you know, for about a year now, a um, little over a year actually, been doing stand up and doing some different things, and met Marcy Moore um, as part of that first paid show that I did last year. We got to know each other a little bit. Um, Myself, her, and Mandy and TT performing together. And we've been friends ever since. And, and we talk about this in the podcast, so I don't want to spoil anything. But you know, on the surface, we don't have much of anything in common. But we found some common ground and uh, really enjoy talking to each other. Now, <clears throat> most people that know me or that listen to this podcast, or they, they know that <clears throat> I don't like having conversations about politics. Um. I don't like having conversation about um, religion or, you know, gender conversations. A lot of these, you know, quote unquote political conversations and stuff like that, I don't like having. Now, all that being said, Marcy and I, pretty much right off the bat in this conversation, we go into uh, politics, religion, like all kinds of different things that I would typically never talk about. And I want to let people know that, you know, her perspective on things you may or may not relate to. And that's fine. I always say you don't necessarily have to agree with what someone says or how they feel, but just hear them out and understand. Because I I believe her to have a very unique perspective, not just because of who she is and what she believes, but also because of the location here in East Tennessee where we live, her lifestyle is a bit harder and I'm kind of downplaying it. It's a bit harder to live the way that she lives in this area because she's met with an unbelievable amount of, you know, judgment. So I, uh, I've really enjoyed talking to her about these things. I would say just approach this 
conversation with an open mind and also probably don't have any children around um, as you're listening to this. We are, um, there is some (laughs) adult language in conversations and um, I didn't feel like bleeping anything out. So you're getting the uncensored version here. So this is my conversation with my good friend and comedian, Marcy Moore. Let's go ahead and jump into it. I'm sitting here, Marcy Moore, who I'm whom, whom I've been friends with um, almost a year now, and it's crazy unlikely we did our my first ever paid comedy show was with you. So yep. you know whether it's you or Mandy or TT, I always get excited when I see any of you three because that's what that reminds me of. You and I remember sitting on the couch at Mandy's a year ago and just talking and found a lot of common ground that I think we were both surprised that we had. So I want to ask, this is kind of self-serving, what was your first impression of me? Yeah, absolutely. Um, to be fair, I thought you were a chat at first, but it turned out that you had a, like, I don't know, a bit of emotional empathy behind you and you were easier to talk to. I can't relate to everything that you talk no, about. It's I, a lot of sports. Neither can I. So. Um, I, about, I know enough football to get me by during bar conversations. Yeah. That's about it. I couldn't tell you about baseball or basketball. But beyond that, I think you're a very soft, well-spoken person. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. I'm always curious because, uh, again, like on the surface, we have you know nothing in common. Mm-hmm. But that didn't stop, stop us from becoming pretty good friends. Yeah, you're a decent human being. I, I just wish I could relate to you more sometimes uh, when I when you and Mandy talk about fandom stuff or like talk about sports or you but, know. I mean, but I feel the same way though because like there's stuff that I wish I could relate to you on. Yeah. Like we were playing. <laughs> We were playing those video game donkey videos the other yeah. day, and I played one that I thought was funny. You didn't seem to find it funny, so I was like, okay, so there's a disconnect still. Like, we're not on the same to page here. To be fair, <laughs> I, uh, I have the worst resting bitch face you'll ever see on your on the planet. Sometimes I'm yeah. completely content with a conversation, but if you just look at my face, it seems like I want to kick the shit out of you. So don't. there's a little bit of a give and take on that one. I don't know, um, and this uh, you know me already, so this conversation will be all over the place. Um I don't ever want to be on your bad side because I've seen you have beef (laughs) before. (laughs) And I was in the room for some of it and it was just really strange and uncomfortable. Yeah, Uh, yeah, no, I get get pretty ticked off sometimes. We can cut around it or cut it out if you Mm -hmm. want to, but like, what happened there? Um, Beef that you had here at this theater. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because everything's cool now. I want to say that on the front. Everybody's Mm -hmm. cool. Everyone's great. But just... So I went to a drag queen bingo with a date, right? And I got, I was pretty into it. Um, I I thought it was really funny how the drag queens were expressing themselves. And I thought that was like really cool and everything. I mean, I was on board. I think I have this bad impression of uh, the drag queen community because uh, my mom has always been way more accepting of drag queens than of me. And, you know, I'm transgender. Right, and there's nothing like your boomer humor ass mom like making drag queen jokes to really turn you off to any conversation when it relates to your own personal identity. So, like, I'll admit I came in with a bit of a chip on my shoulder, but I was like loosening it off and I felt good and I won bingo, right? I got one. I was like, fuck yeah, perfect timing. I was with a date, couldn't be luckier. I get up on stage. And one of them referred to me as a communist drag, uh, no, as a communist transvestite. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I was I, filming because I was trying to get footage for them because they were going to promote our show. I was trying to do them a solid and get footage for them, you know. That is literally the first time a man in a dress has called me a man in a dress. <laughs> and, like, suddenly it all came home for me because, like, 
it's left me with this weird fear that anytime sees me anytime anyone sees me out and about that they're going to think i'm just a drag queen just throwing on some evening attire and that's kind of like the difference between me and the person who called me that is they get to go home and they get to be themselves at the end of the day Right. right they get to take all that off they get to take back all their privilege for being white and male and they just get to be whoever right most of the times I can't go outside without like a full makeup and like looking like a nineties pinup model because of where I live at. Yeah. So it was, it was a bit crappy. And then you add on to the fact that I knew that person from high school and it gets a little bit rougher, but, um, yeah, that's, that's something that happened here. No, it wasn't fair. Uh, I wasn't a fan of it. So afterwards, in retaliation, there was a pair of fake breast forms in the back. Yeah, I was going to say this beef escalated. Yes, it did. It wasn't just, there were initial shots fired, mm-hmm. and it, it led to more. So I went back into the back, and there's just a set of titties sitting on a desk. If you've never seen breast molds before, that's what they are. They're a set of plastic-looking, nice-looking titties on a desk. So, of course, I take several selfies with them on my head, on my shoulders, <laughs> like their shoulder pads. I put them over my shirt. You know, Kevin Nealon's character in Little Nicky. Yeah, yeah. No, I had I had several. I had a, I had a great time with that, and um, I put it on Facebook, and I got a message from somebody being like, "Hey, take those down. That's not cool." So like, I messaged the owner of the uh, the tits, and they were like, "That was funny," but everyone else had a problem phrase. with it. Sorry. Oh, the owner of the yeah. tits. Yeah, no, it was it was a very unique situation that I think can only happen in the queer community. Like, yeah. it just seems it's that dramatic, right? <laughs> it's a bit over the top, but it happened. So you mentioned before, and we don't have to get too heavy. If you yeah, no problem. To, but you mentioned being transgender, and you mentioned where we live, which is where I was going to go with that. We yeah. Live, for people that don't know, we live in East Tennessee, Johnson City, Tennessee. Um, first. When was the decision made that you were going to make that transition? Uh, around the time I hit puberty and I grew tits. Yeah. Like I mean, that, you kind of mentioned that. On yeah, the time. yeah, no. Uh, some decisions are just made for you, right? It's I'm just, listening, sorry. <laughs> no. God bless you, you buddy. Go. Joey Gray just came in with the beer delivery. It's oh, my God. <laughs> I needed this, too, right? Um, so... I've already forgotten your question. We're about to re-edit um, that whole the thing. The decision to make the, the transition. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I, I I grew tits at and fourteen. Feel free to crack that open. And which do um, I'm not mad at all. So. Which is like a you know, it's a self-making decision, right? right? You're a young lad. Everyone's primed you for the the hype of your life. You're gonna start growing abs and hair all over your body and get to be a lumberjack. It sounded great to me, honestly. I was on board, and then I grew titties, and it turns out I was born intersex, which is a whole okay. bunch of slogging. The whole point is I never really stood a chance one way or another. Um, I was never very masculine and kind of did what was best for me on that one. Um, As far as like that in this area, it's a whole lot of uh, lies, right? Like a lot of my earlier years, I was binding my chest. I was putting on a deeper voice than I actually had. I was working out all the time because... You know, David Crockett High School, circa, like, class of 2008, not the yeah. most forgiving place for no. me, you know? You got to do what you got to do to survive. You know, and I would say that, you know, Joey, who was just in, literally just in here, mm. and I had him on, at this point, last week's episode, we went to the same high school, Daniel Boone. Yeah. So I know all about that. I, yeah. There were a few people that I knew of 
at Boone that were in a similar situation to yours. But I was super uneducated on what that was like. Mm-hmm. I know that my friends and family are, are uninformed and uneducated on what that's like. And so that's why I wanted to talk to you about it because, and we talked before the mic was on about even, even knowing you a year, I still walk on eggshells on certain ways to refer to you because I don't want to offend you because I yeah. happen to genuinely really like you as a person <laughs> and I just don't want to ruin that. So, but no. it's because of my uneducation and all that where I'm just like, I'm going to say something stupid and just be the wrong thing, you know, like whatever. So I, I think the best thing anyone can do if, even if you're uneducated about the whole thing, um, just look at what someone's trying to go for and just kind of yeah. do your best from there. Right. Uh, people, have varying grades of passing um and that's where it kind of gets uncomfortable uh even as a trans woman talking about it because everyone should be valid and feel happy in their own skin right yeah um i don't know even if you see someone who's like six four and built like a lumberjack and has a jaw like an anvil and like a like beard shadow if you see they're trying to dress femininely just humor them right yeah like if you choose to make them a part of your life, that's up to you. But you can at least get by with a couple of minutes of polite conversation if you're even forced to do that, you know. Um, other than that, I don't think you can be offensive without trying to be offensive, right? Like, you're very yeah. humble, Nate. I don't think I could ever be offended by you, even with a slip, you know. That's all about attitude and, yeah. like, how you come off. Well, it's funny because one of the first conversations that we had, I remember, on the couch was having a religious conversation Mm -hmm. and letting you know part of why I was misinformed is because growing up as a Christian yeah um, and I was gonna ask you this and this will probably ruffle other people's feathers but have you ever encountered a meaner group of people towards you than Christians Um, other than drag queens that don't want you to use their their breast forms as headwear which that one I understand I've run into a couple of hate preachers, which is always yeah. funny. Um, I generally avoid trouble. I'm very well passing. Um, it's kind of like an intersex privilege thing. I never had a hard time transitioning. My transition was incredibly short. I uh, went to the doctor after six months of hormone replacement, and they're like, you're on par. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, so I don't get a whole lot of trouble out of people. But hate preachers around here, I I always feel, like, drawn into them, right? Like, they always have, like, a cute sign that says a bunch of abhorrent shit. And, like, they just compel me to speak to them. Um, And they can be pretty mean a lot because um, during this podcast, I'm trying to keep, like, my feminine voice. But sometimes emotions strike you, and before you realize it, you're just like, bro, that's not right, man. You need to shut the fuck up right the fuck now. Like, you're just hitting all the deep voices and, like... You're not articulating yourself well. Um, I've gotten into it with a couple of hate preachers around here. Which There was one at the um, Pride Festival in Kingsport back, I guess that was whatever that was, August or whatever. Yeah, there was one here uh, during Pride in uh, Johnson City. I spent right, most right. of my time at Pride protesting that guy. Oh and they always have a camera. Because like, what they're going to do oh, is find any time oh, you look like an ass and the just super cut it. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Like, so... And I was honest with you up front about this mm-hmm. was that I'm still Christian, but like that drives me as insane as anything because the whole idea is supposed to be come as you are and yeah, yeah. And whatever. Yeah, you have principles you stand by, but to hate someone or tell someone that they're going to hell 
if they don't do exactly what you say is just the worst form of Christianity. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there can be uh, more to have between uh, the queer community at large and the religious community. Yeah. We don't have to be enemies. Um, yeah. There's a lot of theological debate on, you know, whether or not we're okay. But at the end of the day, we have to share the planet, you know. Yeah. And the planet's dying right now anyways. I know since we're talking about religion, I'll just get political no, really go, fast. Yeah. Um, planet's dying. We don't have a lot of time to argue about, like, who's right and wrong in the religious spectrum. We should probably just kind of band together, clean up our ozone, and hope we don't, like, fry or freeze to death in 12 years. Yeah. Personally, right? Like, who cares what's in my pants? when like the ozone's thinning and global warming's picking up and we have a deadline now. Like who gives a shit, right? Yeah, I mean like, it's funny that you bring all this up because I, I knew going in that our conversation would be different <laughs> than most that I'd be having on here. And I was actually really looking forward to that. Like, I think uh, it's in every Christian community's interest to root people like that out. Like if yeah. your church or congregation isn't about that kind of thing, you need to make sure that people know you're not about that kind of thing, right? Um, Christianity, I think, is a beautiful thing. Uh, I think it is really awe-inspiring, and it brings people together. It gives a sense of safety and community at a time where safety and community is questionable, 2020. It's not been a great year for a lot of people, right? So I'm all about something that brings people together. But, you know, it's time to update some stuff. It's time to cast out some not-so-great people out of your community and yeah. like same thing for like any community right there's people on the right who wholly believe conservative is the answer and you know what i'm not going to fault you for that but you need to get rid of the people who like truly think there are things like such as degenerates and you need to get rid of people who look down on people because of their sex or their race or their orientation right if you want to like be conservative with the government and save money and like do all this other stuff that's on you brother that's on you that's but like uh, yeah. Same thing with the left. The left's really bad for purity testing right oh, now, yeah. and we got a bunch of crazies we have to cast out. Like, no group is perfect, but, like, how you represent yourself in, like, the public eye is how we're going to perceive you, right? Yeah. And Christianity has, like, been dragged in the mud recently because y'all have been letting a bunch of crazies, like, speak for you yep. for, like, way too long. And, like, I know God's about love and all that now stuff, right? Now we're represented right? by Kanye West, so that's... That's, that's such a something. weird plot twist that I didn't mm -hmm. expect in my life to ever see. Yeah, and like even Kanye like is, is suffering from the, this own like weird Christianity purity test. Like yeah. some evangelicals think he's a sign of the devil, right? And like some people yeah. are really into him. Um, I love that those same people are supportive of Joel Osteen, but anyway. Yeah, no, and that's the thing, right? Like no group's perfect. I'm gonna be in such trouble after this one. <laughs> <laughs> no group's no perfect, one else, but my just family's not gonna enjoy this conversation. I don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah. Remember, <laughs> I have to point this out. I don't yeah, no to, problem. I'm going to. Do you remember when it flooded in Houston? They had those really bad hurricanes. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Um, two or three years ago, and Osteen wouldn't let people in that church because he didn't want the carpet to get wet. <laughs> I did not know that, actually. I'm being kind of liberal with my phrasing on that, mm -hmm. but honestly, that's what it came down to. He spun it as we didn't have the preparations in place without obtaining heavy damage to the facility. I'm like, why do you have the facility if you're not letting mm. people in need in? Because that's what the church is supposed to be. Anyway. No, so, I hear you. <laughs> let's move on from all that. Let's lighten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up here a little bit. I, th I feel like we kicked in the door rather hard. <laughs> I think cool. we're I think uh, we're no, scot-free from here is, on out. <laughs> I always tell people if I'm on stage or if I'm doing the podcast, it's kind of like my form of therapy. Mm -hmm. I'm not really seeing a therapist right now, which I probably should. 
but so I was able to let some of that out. Hopefully, you know, no, no, perfectly good. Feel better now. I feel pretty good. I feel so pretty good about it. Our bonding experience, really though, was with comedy. Mm -hmm. So, what led you to doing stand-up? What led you to want to be a comedian? Uh, when I was younger, I watched a lot of Jim Carrey movies. Yeah. My mom couldn't afford cable. We had Ace Ventura like one and two on VHS, and I watched them every night to go to bed. First time I ever watched those two movies was with you over at Mandy's yeah. house. So. Um, I grew up on those two movies, and then after uh, DVDs and like getting LimeWire was a huge oh, deal. Right. I caught up on like a lot of old movies, and I watched a shit ton of Jim Carrey. And I eventually found his stand-up. And I think Jim Carrey is one of the most brilliant comedians on the planet. He's very expressive. Yes. He gets his point across, uh, very loud. I adore him, not only because he's funny, but because he's just so honest with just how depressed yep. and how deep into yep. the heart of darkness he is. And I feel that sometimes. A lot of times when I'm on stage, um, I can feel myself slipping there, right? It starts off with, like, one innocuous joke about, like, suicide. And then, like, if you're not careful, you're just talking about how much you want to die to a pack yeah. of 30 strangers, <laughs> right? Like it, And, yeah. like, I, so I feel Jim Carrey a lot. Like, you got to put on a strong face and get out there and tell the funnies and then go home and deal with your shit. Yeah. And for some reason I saw all that and decided that's for me because I've always been, like, really naturally funny to my friends – but also extremely depressed growing up. Yeah. So that's what, that's kind of what People got me into comedy. People don't understand that it's not binary. Like, I can be jovial and jokey, like I am around you and Mandy mm -hmm. sometimes. And then also in those environments you've seen where I just kind of shut down. Yeah. Like, we all go through it. Like, maybe not everybody, but... No, sometimes my head's not like, in the game. Like, I get out there, and I tell some of the darkest jokes I've ever told in my life, and I just hope <laughs> that people find it funny. Yeah. Because, like, at the moment, I'm just full of emotion, and I'm just like, yeah, I wish we decide if we're going to heal the planet or not. Because if we're not, I'm going to keep smoking and drinking myself to death. And sometimes that gets a get, sometimes it gets a laugh, and then sometimes people just look at me like they need to send me back to Woodridge. Like That's it just depends. One of my pleasant surprises <coughs> in the last year doing comedy with you and the people I've done it with is I thought of I've lived here my whole life. Mm -hmm. I thought of this area as one way, as we talked about with I, I thought. We all voted for Trump, Confederate flags, whatever. Mm. And then I started noticing in the comedy circles that not only were people usually the opposite of that, yeah, people weren't afraid to be vulnerable and kind of, you know, depressed. And I know some comedians aren't about that. Like yeah, yeah. One of my heroes, Jerry Seinfeld, hates that brand of comedy, and mm. that's fine. It doesn't, it doesn't everyone, do it for him. But everyone whatever. has a different way of expressing themselves, yeah. and I, I think that's what's beautiful about comedy, right? Is you really get to know someone through what they joke about. Yeah. Uh, I mostly uh, joke about growing up in a trailer with like thirty-three cats and growing up with animal hoarders that were yeah. like going through addictions, and it's like a really shitty scene whenever you like gloss over it. But I think it's really fun expressing that kind of misery in, like, a really funny way, right? Yeah. That's part of the reason why I put on, like, the communist accent. And I refer to my trailer as a trailer villa in a hillbilly hamlet with 33 cats in a double wide in harsh winter months in Yonsboro. All we had was literal silver linings of duct tape to keep the window sealed. That kind of stuff's hilarious yeah. to me because it takes, like, a really destitute uh, location like, you know, Slovakia and, like, the war-torn Ukraine, and it puts it right in your backyard yeah, in Jonesboro. Yeah, that was my favorite. I love when, you, when people can subvert expectations. Mm. So 
you had the accent on, you're talking about a land flowing with... What, uh, uh, milk and honey, riches of stoic <laughs> tradition and theological-minded, God-fearing people. I, of course, mean Jonesboro, yeah, right like, next door. I love that, being able to take that and flip it on mm. people. And... No, that, that, that whole bit gave me my start in comedy. Um, yeah. Here recently, I've been kind of kind of ditching the Russian bit a little bit more at a time. And I've become yeah. a lot more free flow with my uh, comedy. I think the last time we actually worked together, I don't know if you did it. And if you did, you didn't do it for very long. I don't uh, it's really hit or miss. Uh, some people uh, I've noticed, uh, particularly around here, they can't see past the character. So yeah. they think they're literally looking at like this third wave communist on stage. That's why uh, Steve Martin pretty much stopped doing comedy the way he did mm -hmm. so abruptly because he got tired of people already knowing the act before he did it. Yeah. That, that was who he was. And he's like, no, I'm just, you know, whatever. Have you ever done uh, stand-up <laughs> in any other areas other than East Tennessee? Uh, just locally, actually. Um, I, I would freak out if I went to a place right. where I declared I was like a trans woman comedian. Because you have to declare that sometimes. Um, where I pass really well. Unless I'm just talking like this old fucking show. Yeah. A lot of people don't, like, pick up on that I'm trans. So, like, a lot of my jokes that are very trans-centric miss with people. Because they're like, what is this cis bitch doing up here talking yeah. about dumb shit? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, I haven't been outside the area. I would lose my mind if anyone ever cheered at that, though. If they were like, hi, I'm R.C. Moore. I'm trans. I'm from Johnson City. And, like, they were just like, yeah, fucking trans lady. I would lose my mind. Um, normally it's like a speed bump to me that I have yeah. to like clear through and hope no one boos me immediately. Um, I imagine if I went deeper south, I just wouldn't have a career. That's, maybe that's a bit nihilistic, but like. Uh, I was just curious because I've heard of a, I don't remember the name of the place, but there's an open mic in Asheville. And my friend was telling me there were seven comedians on this mm. show. Six of them were trans. Yeah. Or gay or whatever. So like, but that's all the material they were doing too. So after like the third or fourth one, every joke started to sound the same. I, this sounds a bit picky, right? And I, I don't want to be an asshole about no, it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for like the queer community banded together and like having like a bunch of like uh, really queer centric acts, yeah. right? I think that's really tremendous, especially in this time and age. And I am not taking away from that at all. Sure. And now that my ass is covered, I will say though that like I just wish people could just blend into any crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, kind of like what we did here. We have you. You're super straight. You're super cis. Mandy's straight and cis. You had me just kind of filling in some ranks and stuff. Like, I thought that was a really good vibe because we weren't all one thing. It, yeah. it, we weren't, like, front-loading it. Like, you either come to a queer show or you get the fuck out, right? Yeah. I liked it here because, like, they were just cool with it, right? We'll just have everyone perform. It doesn't matter who or what you are. And I think that's... Um, not sad, because sad like implies pathetic. But I, I wish that like queer people could just perform naturally in any group yeah. without having to huddle together eight at a time to kind of bulwark themselves, right? Especially in this area. And that was I the hate great that. thing, like you said about our show, was that on the surface, oh look, there's three women on the poster and Nate, mm -hmm. but it was actually four very distinct, different, he, different deliveries and personalities. Right? Yeah, and, and that like, was great. um. I don't know. I, I I wish people were just more comfortable with people. Yeah. I, I love meeting all sorts of people. Um, 
even you being cis and straight and really Christian, which on paper should like not vibe with who I am at right. all. That's where I was um, starting. That was the starting point on this conversation. Was like, I, I really adore you as a person yeah. because you're like really nice and you're gentle and you're sweet. I don't know if anyone can see this on the podcast. If you ever look at a picture of Nate Cox, the guy's huge. Like he's beefy, he's tall. <laughs> He is. You look like a Chad, my man. Like, Chad. you look like the last person who would give me the time of day, right? Um, so I really appreciate you, Nate. I really, really no, I do. I appreciate you saying that. It's, um, and that's something that I've always wanted to be uh, open and accepting to different people. Yeah. I, just, I like getting to know people, and I don't think that whatever you see on the surface hardly in any case is what someone actually is i mean like very few people are irredeemable right yeah. like I, I think on the whole all of us want to get to know one another and all <laughs> of us want to get by i think there's like roughly 10 percent of humanity that's yeah. actually that shitty that if you actually met somebody and like let your guard down and cast aside your pre-assumptions that like I, I think most people can walk away and be friends if you just do that let's um Let's lighten it up again. I, we're going to have a hard time. I'm very yeah. depressive. You wouldn't so, believe I'm a comedy person. <laughs> what? Um, we're going to engage in a little uh, foreplay here. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. If you have a significant other that's listening or whatever, um, just relax. It's just for the show. It's not. It's not going to last anyway. So nothing <laughs> I do is going to last that long anyway. So don't worry about it. It never does with men. We'll get her back here in a minute. Yeah. So, um, first question is part of this little four pack of questions here mm -hmm. what is a food item that you just can't imagine living life without oh god or probably like a candy we were eating candy over there at the house the oh man yeah. okay so i um i struggle with my diet a lot i mostly a pescatarian i eat nothing but fish and seafood and i try not to eat much meat <laughs> however comma i believe in cheat days yeah. I believe in cheat days so hard, and I also believe that my mercantile choices are not going to, like, turn around, like, the animal cruelty industry. So, like, my favorite food on the planet, honestly, is any sort of chicken dish. Oh, like, whenever yeah. I get to dip my toes into eating, like, this, like, meat, and I get to have General Tso's chicken, or a chicken quesadilla, or a buffalo chicken, or, like... I don't know. There's something about eating shrimp and fish for like an entire year and then you eat oh, yeah, like yeah. white breasted chicken. It, it just blows yeah. your fucking mind, right? Um, it's it's probably closest to the uh, to a religious experience that I so can like <laughs> it, like I can describe, right? You, like you bite into it and it's so soft and the breading's so nice. And like fish breading's different than chicken breading. I know I'm like nitpicking to the nitty-gritty. No, no, no. I mean that it, it really is. And you don't appreciate it until you haven't had chicken products in yep. like a year and you bite into it. No, it's chicken, just chicken's where it's at. The chicken's where it's yeah. at. Like, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to be a hypocrite. I try not to, but like, damn, like, fuck, they're so good. Do you have so a good. place to get chicken from? Or like um, God, I, I love Zaxby's chicken. That's my favorite. Uh, Zaxby's yeah. chicken is just so fucking good. And they have that Zaxby's sauce. Zaxby's sauce is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and their oh, fries people, are so goddamn good. When I worked at Zaxby's, people were like, what does the Zax sauce taste like? I don't know how to explain anything. <laughs> and so I was just like, you remember that movie Good Burger where they yeah. had the secret sauce and it was apparently amazing? That's what this is. Yeah, no, I can never describe Zax sauce, but I can tell you that I love yeah. Zaxby's. Uh, if you could ever get a sponsorship from Zaxby's, oh, I, I take love, it, love buddy. Zaxby's. I will be on that. I know where their headquarters is. I will be on that shit so with you just preaching work. about Zaxby's. Oh, it doesn't matter. I can't wait. Like, I would love to have... So, mm -hmm. 
Second thing is part of this foreplay here. I want to know, we're getting to know each other here. I want to know mm -hmm. a secret about you. Goodness, that's actually, that's actually really tricky, right? Other than that thing I told you a second yeah. ago, which is like the only <laughs> secret I have because it's shameful. Um, I'm pretty straightforward. Um, I don't do a whole lot of like deception or right, right. lying. I think I think everyone does naturally. It doesn't make you a bad person. I think everyone wants to get by socially. I just lack that. Um, I'm on the uh, autism spectrum, so it makes it really hard to lie convincingly. Like people yeah. ask me questions, and I just answer just really bluntly to like usually a lot of discomfort. The third thing, yeah, is what is a song um, that because you know this is foreplay after all. Yeah, yeah. The mood. What's a song that sets the mood, and that flamingo song doesn't count. Um, I'm actually going to be really, really particular. You know how it said in the mood. That song, so. I really like uh, George Michael's "Careless Whisper." I'm Ooh, a huge. I mean, it's classic. It's classic, right? It's great. Um, my partner Jessica Lane always tells me that like anything by George Michael or yeah. Wham is cheesy and garbage, and I'm like, shut the fuck up, right? "Careless Whispers" in everyone's fucking head, by right? The way, Clearly a legend. By the way, hey Jessica, I didn't say her name earlier because mm -hmm. I wasn't sure if she wanted a shout out on the show, but I love Jessica. We've worked yeah. together before. She's great. No, she's great. She's really snobbish when it comes to music, and she needs to let up on Wham, right? What do you right? think? What would, what would her song be, if you don't mind sharing? Like, what would her go-to, like, oh set my, mood? Oh, my God. Um, she has this one band she listens to, uh, Ball House, which is, like, not a thing I'm into. She's really into um, a lot of, like, crust punk, like, gothy music. What, I'm. What's the name of the band again? Uh, ball house, I think. Oh, I thought you said ball house. That no, ball. Like my it's girlfriend's house. <laughs> no, 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 no. She's probably she ever heard this podcast. She'd be mad to probably probably because I mispronounced that uh, title, um, or that band name rather. I'm just I'm just not really into her music, and that sounds bad, oh, but name. like. I don't know. I'm, I'm personally into, like, death grips and, like, really shitty internet garbage, right? Like, Dude, if you... I'm telling you, I straight up love that Flamingo song. Like, yeah. If I want to be in a better mood, I listen mm. to that. <laughs> the internet's been, like, responsible for a lot of bad things, but I'll never be mad about, like, them mixing uh, death grip spikes with, like, Hotline Miami music and it sounding fucking baller, right? You used, as your intro song at first time we worked together, you used that... Um, the song that I knew from meme videos mm -hmm. and like Harambe videos and stuff. Um, the two, it was the Nate Dog and the Eminem song mixed with yeah. something. I love that song. So I, I didn't want to rap it because podcast rules are weird. You can't. No, no, I hear it, you. So. I hear you. No, I, I love mashups. Uh, one of my most recent favorite mashups, they mixed David Bowie with DMX. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's super good because it's david bowie's heroes and i can't quite quote the dmx song it's dmx's uh ain't no love for me or something like that okay and um it's about dmx and david bowie being like best friends if you like listen to the lyrics mashed up together it's it's really good and that's the kind of stuff that makes my like heart happy yeah um <clears throat> 
that's like the end of a statement. I don't have anything no, no, after that. It, it's all good. I'm not, <coughs> I was going to say we may start winding down soon because I know yeah. the Boomtown Improv is going to do some rehearsal here at the theater here soon. Mm. Um, but what's the uh, last thing as far as the foreplay, and we'll wrap up yeah. the whole show with a, no- with a different question, but uh, the fourth question was, what's a misconception about you or your lifestyle that you wish wasn't such a bad misconception? I know we touched on a lot of that. Yeah, earlier. yeah. I, I just want to like make it point, poignantly like clear. Um, if you are unsure about the difference between a drag queen and a trans woman, right. I highly encourage you to research it. I highly encourage you to look for the telltale markers. Um I get mixed up for a drag queen like yeah. constantly, and it's really annoying. Um, and it's nothing against queens. That is everything yeah. to do with people who just have not looked into it enough or whatever. Um, that was that would be something that is a huge misconception in my life. The other misconception I, I think people like give me a lot is. Um, they assume I'm like funny 24/7, which I know is a common gripe between comedians. But what yeah. a perfect time to like touch on it! I'll be that person. I'll follow that grenade. Like, if you see me on stage and you want to talk to me after the show, that is perfectly well and good. But you need to know, I'm probably going to talk about like some real morbid shit, right? Um, until I can afford a, th- a therapist or afford like. My antidepressants, yep. dog. I'm just gonna go off on like the worst shit if you talk to me after stage. Does it bother you when people? Is bother, maybe it's just me being cranky, but mm. when? Oh, what do you do? And I say, look, I'm a comedian. Go, oh, tell me a joke. Oh, I hate that. Like, I'm I hate sorry. That. Yeah, are no. you gonna give me ten dollars? Because like, I'm not. <laughs> now, even like beyond like the comedy thing, even you know, like the monetary thing, right? Like. Yeah, let me just pull one out of my ass for you with zero setup yeah, and, like, like, zero context. You came into a show and saw me tell a joke, but, like, that was weeks of, or even hours at the yeah. least of me writing and planning. Okay, I'm going to You don't walk here. up to an actor and, like, play a scene for me, Read buddy. The room, yeah. <laughs> just, oh, are you an actor? Why don't you just fucking play me your best Hamlet you, right now? Get your head shut off. Like, yeah, like, no, I just... I, I hate that shit, right? Are you a mime? Why don't you do some mime shit for me? Like, what is this you a free do fucking that to show? Like a model, like a pose for me. That'd be creepy. That would be creepy, right? right? Oh, I, oh, what are you a server? Why don't you go get me a fucking drink, right? <laughs> that'd be a shitty thing to do to your buddy, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be awful. <laughs> that'd be fucking awful. So stop doing it to comedians. Oh my also, God. stop doing it to the musicians too. Someone tells you you're a musician. Don't like expect him to pull out a guitar or start singing fucking like lyrics to yeah, you, right? Like, like mayor song or something. Like you don't get to free show because you had small talk <laughs> with people. Like that's just how it is, man. Well, I asked Joey this last week. I, mm-hmm. I, I want to. I like knowing this from everyone. We're still early enough. It's January when we're recording this. What are your goals for the rest of the year, as far as whether it be comedy, relationships, anything? What's uh, get more access to more venues at comedy. If you ever need a funny trans lady for your comedy show, Marcy Moore's the lady to look up, honestly. Yeah. Um, beyond that, I can't commit to quitting drinking. The planet might be dying. I can't commit to quitting smoking. Yeah, planet might be dying. Um, it's really unmotivating, the current climate crisis, honestly. Um, I keep on track of my diet. It's mostly the venue thing. I just want to yeah. like get my name out there more and tell more jokes. I'm 
with that. And uh, make more friends. I know this all sounds stereotypical, but, like, all of us want to do this, right? Like, yeah. we all want to make it out there in our careers, and we all want to make it big, and we want to feel special within our own thing. And, like, I don't know. It's, um, I think every year we're working, like, all of yeah. us as a people, even, like, Joe Blow, who's, like, homeless and destitute, is, like, trying to at least work towards something, that right? was the first, um, the first, audience member i ever had mm. that first show was that guy i don't know his name i forget his name <laughs> but the guy the homeless guy comes in with a coat i don't know if you remember him at all but yeah yeah like just to think that's crazy that my first show the dude comes in he was here like an hour early it was very friendly. i think i know who you're talking yeah. about um a little heavier set fellow has yeah, the beard yeah, yeah. um i know who you're talking about i know their name actually i won't mention on the podcast out that's of respect but like I know what you're talking about. I see them all the time, and they're one of the most supportive human beings yeah. on the planet. And um, honestly, if you ever see a guy, um, that would be a thing I just want to like end yeah, this whole thing on. Uh, it's the year 2020. If you see someone hurting or struggling, even if you might suspect it's a grift, if you have like a couple of bucks to throw their way, like just give it to them. Because, like, they took the time out of their day to stand on a street corner for hours yeah. and hours and hours. Even if they're lying to you, they're not doing good. Did you wake up this morning and decide to, like, bump, like, rip people out of their, not, like, their money? Like, what if they're faking it? I'm always like, yeah, but that... Like, who gives a the shit? They're still on, that, like... still respectable if that's what they're doing. Like, yeah, they're uh, still on a corner. They're trying, yeah. They're at the corner of your local Walmart or your Kroger's. They're holding up the sign. They're, they're exposed to the elements. Yeah. They can't have, like, an, a, a lucrative job if they're doing that. You ever see Jeff Bezos or, like, fucking Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg out on the corner holding up a fucking sign? Of course you fucking don't, right? So, like, just be a little easier on them. And people need to understand that they're one or two decisions away from being that person. Yeah, they absolutely are. And they by person, are. that person's one or two life-changing decisions away from being you or whoever. Look, if I have an addictive personality, right? And there's a likelihood if you offer me cocaine at a party, I would take it, right? But if I developed a coke addiction, I am that person because yeah. I don't have the personal willpower to cut that off, right? right? Um, my partner, Jessica Lane, she's a recovering coke addict. And I use the word recovering because no one's ever really recovered from yeah, cocaine. Like, once you have an addiction to cocaine, that's, uh, like, lifelong, right? If someone snorted coke in front of Jess at a party, I guarantee you they would be snorting a rail, too. Yeah. That's just how it is, right? So, like, anyone's susceptible to that kind of downfall. And, like, even if it's not drugs, you can pick a, a bad mortgage or a bad house deal or, like, anything. Like, you're not secure. So be gentle to the people who yeah. are in that situation because that might be you one day. Hope it's not, but they keep the reality in the back of your head, right? Like, it might be. And a lot of the, the homeless, and we'll try to wrap up on a, a brighter note, mm -hmm. but a lot of the homeless I've encountered are usually veterans. Yeah. And that's what's crazy, because if, like, if you're on Facebook, you'll see a lot of people support the troops, whatever, because especially now that we're maybe probably going to war, and I know we've already sent mm -hmm. a lot of soldiers over, we want to be supportive of them when it supports our patriotic moral code but then when you see a patriot on the corner asking you for a dollar you're like nah i don't have anything on me what yeah do do? and like, that's that's the sad thing about it right i'm talking to myself because i'm guilty of that sometimes too no no i, I feel you i feel you i've turned down stuff. um even for all my good talking shit sometimes you don't have any money like right. i'm poor yeah. as shit right like i'm a starving uh, artist i make it to venue to venue and i work part-time so it's not like i have like the most money i have more than they do and i try to give when i can um I think the guilt shouldn't lie on me or you, though. Right. 
Um, we're both starving artists. Um, I know you're not exactly rolling in dough. I'm not exactly either. You know who is? Anyone middle class and up, right? Yeah. And like, I know for a fact that some people, $20 is nothing to them. Like, fuck it. They spend $20 on appetizer drinks at bougie restaurants all the fucking time. Like, I don't know. I get really impassioned about this kind of no, stuff, right? Because wealth disparity is, like, incredibly important, right? Yeah. Um, $1,000 to me is world-changing. $1,000 to someone else might be just nothing to it's, them. It's not lost on me when someone pays, like, our, our comedy show was $7 mm. the other night. When someone paid any amount of money to yeah. see me perform or whoever performed, because it's like, there were times I've not had $7. I, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> you know, I guess... I guess it's not really much of a personal goal, but for everyone in 2020, be nicer to yeah, each other. Don't make cool. a lot of assumptions. Cool. Who cares? Even even if you think they deserve where they are at in life, be nicer. It's not even for people to decide. Yeah, it's you not even for anyone like, to decide, right? You Like, what are you going to do? Like I said, if unless you're going to write down their entire personal story and take their biography, just shut up. If you have more than they have, please at least consider helping them out, yeah. right? Um, I think that's the only way we're going to get by this whole thing. Like, politics hasn't helped us. Religion has not helped us. We have to look to human empathy and kindness. That's point blank. Yeah, I agree. And there's a lot of other things I would like to sit here and talk with you about. Yeah, no, no, we've, um, we've rambled on a bit. No, I've really, really enjoyed this. And, mm. it, you know, I've very much enjoyed, <clears throat> excuse me, getting to know you and, and Mandy and, and you especially are going to hold a special place forever just because yeah. my first performance, my life changed, mm-hmm. you know, meeting you and meeting Mandy. So anytime we can sit down and talk, I enjoy it. We definitely yeah, I feel the this. same way. I we feel the same way. this again sometime soon. we got a little bit more time. I know the theater's about to, people about to come in, so we'll have to shut up here in a second. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, again, like I, I appreciate you coming on the show and look forward to talking to you again soon and working with you and hanging out. So. Yeah, absolutely, Nate. Right. Thank you for having me on. No Thank you.